Did you come out to your sons? Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. They were the two younger ones. Well, the older one kind of knew anyway. But the two younger ones were working on their laptop together on something or other. And I'd been to a GV Pride meeting and I thought, I'm, I'm going to have to say something to them. So I said, look, I really need your undivided attention. Could we just put the laptop down at the moment? And I need to... And they sort of looked at me. Wow, what's she going to tell us? Wow. And I said, mm, I'm bi, probably on the lesbian side of bi. And they said, oh, yeah, we knew that. And I went, oh. <laughs> it was sort of an anticlimax, really. I was expecting him to say, oh, wow. But no. My name's Deb Chumley. I'm a cisgendered lesbian woman living on Yorty Order country. I'm currently the president of Goulburn Valley Pride. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Kalithaba lands of the Yorty Order Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Jenny. Jenny is a self-described elder of the LGBTIQA plus community and a very proud mother of three. Jenny has spent nearly all of her life living in Shepparton and is a much-loved, long-time volunteer with Goulburn Valley Pride. This podcast contains references to homophobia and also to suicide. If either of these topics are triggering for you, take care or perhaps give this episode a skip or maybe listen at another time. My name is Jenny. My pronouns are she, her. I live on Yorta Yorta country. I've lived on Yorta Yorta country most of my life. I'm nearly retirement age. But I'm still working and I don't want to give up just yet. So there we go. You love your work then? I do. Yeah? What do you yeah. do? I'm a bus driver. Oh, wow. Cool. So I'm taking a busload of, of GB Pride members to chill out uh-huh. this this year. So I'm the designated driver. So. <laughs> the designated bus driver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So tell me about life here in Yorta Yorta country. It's an interesting place. Lots of fruit, lots of vegetables, lots of cows. I had a bit of time on a farm. I'm on an orchard at the moment. I've raised three sons here, one of whom still lives here. Um, the other two are in Melbourne. I went there to uni. Gee whiz, lots of friends, bit of family. Mm. And you haven't left, which... Well, oh. no, I lived in Melbourne for a little while, mm-hmm. um, but that was... I didn't like it. Mm, I wanted to come you. home. Mum and Dad were getting old, so I wanted to be back with them anyway, so... From the outside... What do you think outsiders see of this region? What's it known for? Rednecks, unfortunately. Um, look, and not all rednecks are bad. I'm just, that, that's a, a gross generalisation. But there, there is that right-wing redneck influence here a lot. When we started getting a lot of our migrants coming in here from, from Africa, from Syria, from Afghanistan, there was a lot of resistance but there's also a lot of resistance to the yes vote. Um, so, you know, we, we just like to have the 
the white policy here. But anyway, look, things are changing. People are starting to accept all different cultures and nationalities and people what do you in think What do you think is contributing to that change? Um, I think that everybody's showing that they're actually okay people to be with. There are people within our community who do an awful lot for their various communities. There's um, a, a Turkish man who gives so much to homeless people and helps out with firefighters if they're out. He feeds them. He looks after people with food. He's got a restaurant just around the corner from here. Um, and lots of other people within our community have made life a lot easier for the rest of us um, because we're visible. We have out in the Open Festival once a year. Even in COVID, we still have it. So, yeah, it's making it easier for, for those who are coming along now. Mm-hmm. What about for you prior to, you know, those kind of events happening? I was married with to a, a male because I'm of the era that was expected. I also saw what happened to my gay friends. They, I saw a lot of my friends beaten up. Two of my friends, one I went to school with, she took her life because of the brutal way in which her father treated her, because she came out as lesbian. A guy I worked with down in Melbourne took his life because he was being continually beaten. He ended up in a coma at one stage, came out of that, was, was coming good again, got beaten up again, and he said, that's it. So things like that make you sort of go, well, no, I'm just going to be hetero. So that's... That's what I did. But thankfully things are changing. Hey? Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. What, what helped you to come out and be who? Out in the Open Festival. I was roped in as a volunteer for the first one and I haven't missed one since. Which was how long ago? Twelve years ago this year. So, And my, my two younger sons, they've been performing at most of them. So they're, they're a wonderful support. Proud of their mum? Yeah, 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 it's really cool. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, I've always been proud of them. I've always <laughs> and it's just nice for them to be proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> so. How does it feel now to be living, I guess, your true authentic self? Probably not everybody knows yet. I'm getting there. My workplace knows. They're really, really accepting of anybody. As long as you're a good person, they're accepting you. So, yeah, that, that's a big help. It's huge, isn't it, when you can be, you know, yourself and know that people will accept you. Yes, yeah. Yesterday I was asked, my boss asked me, would I like to do a course with my workplace? And they're bringing in mental first aid, mental health first aid, I beg your pardon, um, so that there is somebody there who can point people in the right direction or just a shoulder to lean on or an ear that's willing to listen or whatever, which I think is a really nice thing. So I'm going to go and do a course and the, and the, the company are paying for it. So. Wonderful. Yeah. This is the thing. They recognise certain days they, that we've got on one of the vehicles I drive, there's a big thing, you know, LGBTIQ community are welcome here, you know, and all that sort of thing. And it's really lovely. So, yeah. What's that event that you've been going to for the last... Out in the Open. Out in the Open. Mm, out in the Open Festival. Yeah. Okay. So that's played a huge role in your life. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's shown me this is my community. This is where I belong. This is, this is in my comfort zone. 
So, and through that, because my son and I have been doing stage management for my second son, and I've been doing stage management for I don't know quite a few years now. So I've met a lot of musicians as well, because we usually try and get queer musicians to perform. We can't always do that. That's okay. And and through that, I've met other musicians and. Music's my thing. I, I'm, I'm very big with music. My kids are musicians. I was. I don't so much now. And Damien dobbed me in <laughs> for, because I'm an elder, inverted commas, of the community, to have my life put into uh, a piece from Homophonic. Have you heard of Homophonic? So they've got a, a five-piece string ensemble with six-piece voices. And um, sort of the new modern music, in the classical sort of sense. So they wrote a song about me, and that was really nice. Wow! What did you have to do to have a song written about you? Um, they, I had to tell them a bit about me. What did you have to tell them? Oh, where I worked, what I did, yeah. just bits and pieces that they asked me, and I yeah. sort of uh, filled in the gaps, and then they wrote a song. How far do you think regional towns, regional areas have come? Um, in my lifetime, huge distance. Still got a lot of work to do. Still got a lot of work to do. But considering where it was, I mean, the school I went to was probably one of the roughest in the, in the area. I learnt to fight and swear. And if you wore white socks, you're a poofter. You know, just things like that. And you'd be beaten up because you had white socks on. So, and I didn't like that very much. I thought that was horrible. So, yeah. So from that, um, I think from what I can see of the schools now, well, there's one, one huge one here now, kids are much more open to the LGBTIQA plus schoolmates which is, has a knock-on effect. I mean, the parents have got those children that have come out, so the parents are more accepting and they're sort of going, more defending them, should they, rather than try to closet them. Have you seen, like with GV Pride and the Out in the Open, have you seen it affect a lot of other lives, including your own? Mm. In terms of... I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are people, there are two people in particular that I've known for a little while now, and they've been mice. They've been hiding. They just know. And and now you see them blossoming. It's really lovely. They're getting involved. They're volunteering. They're happy to wear their pride colours. Yeah, and it's just, um, that's really nice. If you could have your time again at school, growing up, what supports do you think would have helped you in terms of being able to be out and proud? Mm, probably my, my parents, because um, mum in particular probably. I used to say that dad was more of a homophobe, but I don't think so. I think it was more mum. My dad's brother was gay, or half-brother was gay. So I think, and, and they were urged to be horrible to him. And Dad thought that that was wrong. 
because his brother was okay. So he didn't think that that was very nice. And he, yeah, so he didn't have, because his brother was gay, I guess, I don't know. So maybe it would have been easier if mum and dad had been more open about that. But then they were born at the beginning of last century. So you, you, you knew that yeah. what your sexual identity was, but you couldn't safely express that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you put it, if you make a spectrum where you say you're absolutely, absolutely heterosexual at one end and absolutely gay at the other end, I'd probably come just past halfway through the absolutely gay. Not, I'm sort of, I would classify myself as bi, but at the lesbian end. So, and but it's taken me a long time to come to terms with that myself. Because, I mean, here I was married to a fella and had three children, so. But that's not an unusual story for people of my era. And people before me. How is it, how has it been coming to terms with that yourself? I scare myself sometimes. <laughs> In what way? I'm sort of... Um, when I get a little bit carried away and sort of, you know, I do wave the flag and blah, 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 I'm sort of going, oh, gosh, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really sweet, though. Yeah. It is nice. It's yeah. lovely. Because usually it's with my own community anyway, mm-hmm. so. Did you come out to your sons? Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. They were the two younger ones. Well, the older one kind of knew anyway. But the two younger ones were working on their laptop together on something or other. And I'd been to a GB Pride meeting and I thought, I'm, I'm going to have to say something to them. So I said, look, I really need your undivided attention. Could we just put the laptop down at the moment? And I need to. And they sort of looked at me. Wow, what are you going to tell us? Wow. And I said, mm, I'm bi, probably on the lesbian side of bi. And they said, oh, yeah, we knew that. And I went, oh. <laughs> it was sort of an anticlimax, really. I was expecting him to say, oh, wow. But No. I mean, I've always been a little bit on the butch side of things, but, you know, truck driving and bus driving and all that. <laughs> That's wonderful, that have their support. and Yeah, they're lovely. Mm. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're my greatest supporters. So as a bus driver, you must come across and hear some interesting conversation. Yes, I do. And some of them disgust me because some of them are homophobic, uh, particularly with some kids that I get on the bus. Usually I will say, you know what, I'd rather you swear than use those terms. Um, I find that horrific. Just don't do it. And what do they say? They say, oh, oh, we're only joking, or, or was that effect trying? And I'm saying, well, just don't do it. Well, you know, if that's what you use in your common chat with some of your mates, that's not very nice. Have a little think about it. How would you like people to be using those terms against you? Oh, yeah, but we're straight. Doesn't matter. You know, you don't assume and you don't make fun of people like that. That's, it's not funny. But this must come from home. That can't come, you know, kids aren't brought up that way. And what's your superpower? My superpower, my grey hair. Your grey hair? <laughs> my grey hair. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, wis- wisdom? Or? Yeah, well, oh, life like, people think I'm wise sometimes. <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> Um, but also, I think it comes with that is there's, there's not always, but a lot of times it's the respect with the grey hair. When I stopped colouring it, 
people's attitude changed. And that was kind of nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I actually liked that. Beautiful. Thanks so much for coming in to chat. Thank you. I hope I was of some use. I'm a bit tongue-tied sometimes. No, it was awesome. I really enjoyed talking with you and hearing your story. Thank you. Yeah. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 